Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we talk about the world of indie comics and everything inside that little world and big world at the same time. Depends on what kind of indie comics you like. And I'm one of your hosts. Um, God, I made myself laugh. That's funny. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Brian. And, uh, and with me, as always, are Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hey. How are you guys doing on this lovely evening that we are recording? Hope you guys are doing well. Mm, yeah. Okay. I I my, my tummy's bothering me. Oh, other than that, you know, I'm looking, <laughs> I, I'm on the quest for the best instant coffee I can find. Nice. I've got some trips coming up um, that I need instant coffee emergency packets with me my mine I, we talked about it earlier but mine is definitely nescafe like i love nescafe instant coffee that's that's like the one i can stand yes so. now i have to ask uh i know that instant coffee is a thing what's the difference between instant coffee and regular coffee i do not drink coffee so instant coffee is like as soon as you add the hot water to the granules it automatically makes the coffee whereas like if you're just doing a pour over or a brew Hot water has to run through the ground up beans to slowly create the coffee. It's just a faster process. Yeah, and usually, wait, wait, but like, is it like, uh, like, like Kool Aid that like you 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 mix the uh, yes, yes. And like, it, yes. like like it'll disappear. Yes, yep. absolutely. Exactly oh, cool. They're, and, they're okay. little like coffee crystals. Yeah, they're coffee crystals, and yeah. like, and they're usually freeze dried, so it affects the taste of the coffee. And I have a summer train trip coming up where I'm going to be on the train to Seattle for like 35 hours. So 35 I, hours. Yeah. Cause I don't fly. She's not aerodynamic. I'm no, no I know, but that's just a lot of train time. I know. So I got to get like my snack game. Yes. Like really good because um when I took the train out to see Brian in Texas so many years ago, um, that was like almost a forty-hour train ride, and fuck me, I spent so much money on shitty food, on the, like <laughs> on the Amtrak that I'm like, I'll never do that again. And I, and speaking of tummies hurting, like it did, it did a job on my stomach because it's all just like gross, you know, pizzas and stuff like that. It's not anything mm. like, it's like no fruit and stuff and salads. And I'm not that I love that stuff but it's also like i need it every so often to make my tummy feel good yeah. so no definitely totally no you need to uh to ride the train like um in like a trench coat and just have like a full-on like uh like black market of snacks in your trench coat <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you see people looking at the menu and be like come over here <laughs> <laughs> you're just like <laughs> Snacks on one side, like coffee and drink stuff on the other right. side. <laughs> but you have to open the trench coat like a like a flasher. I assume that that went without saying. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I have to say the things that go without saying. Um, but uh, yeah, speaking about things that go without saying, we do have an excellent episode today. Uh, we are we'll getting to it in just a second, but I do have a real quick thing. It's not a question this time. Oh, it's just um, something I learned today that's actually really interesting. So um, as all, as you two know, as well as anyone who listens to our show on a regular basis, I love puns. That's like my sense of humor. And But I found out today that I also like puns that are no longer puns because the wording has gone out of style. The fuck? So much ado about nothing. The, the William Shakespeare play mm-hmm. <laughs> i forgot that word um the, so um that is a pun that no longer exists okay because um back in elizabethan england when he wrote that nothing was pronounced noting right and so it was actually called much ado about noting and the reason why this is a pun is because it was slang back then when you were listening in on someone's story that was mm-hmm. called noting like you're eavesdropping yeah like you're, you're taking notes gotcha. essentially and so that they called that noting so basically it was much ado about noting like because it was because the story if, hmm. you, if you listen to it it's also about nothing but it's also at the same time it's about like 
you know people listening e- eavesdropping and being and then coming up with rumors oh sure. I, I mean i have no yeah. i've never read it so, so i have no so that, i'm sorry no, i mean i just love that language was like you know so fluid yeah. and alive and shit and so it even gets even more there's a, even another um outdated pun in the, in the uh in the title too i found out um so the one of the slain terms for a vagina <laughs> Uh-huh. Was an O thing because it was a zero th- there were zero things down there, you know. <laughs> that I know this is Elizabethan English, you know. Okay. Yeah, aren't they aren't they so uh so clever there? So that's also, you know, so it's much ado about about you know women getting you know getting laid also. Oh. <laughs> so there's like it's a double pun. Not only is it a double pun, but it also is a double pun that doesn't exist anymore. So I thought that was really interesting. So that, that's what I learned today. There you go. Yeah. Always willing to learn mm-hmm. and to share that information. You got to rely on Billy Shakes, aka Billy Shakes. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's, what, I call that's what his friends called him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm definitely a friend. Everyone knows that. It's like, yes. yeah, you know, old Billy Shakes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, okay. I guess we'll go ahead and get into the episode Next then. Next week, have a question. What? <laughs> <laughs> Next week, have a okay. I just got that. All right, you you can edit it so it makes it sound like I got the joke right away. No, <laughs> no, this to... is a raw take. We're just doing this. Okay. All right. Um. All right. So we got a DIY corner this week. Um. It is uh, called Octopus: A Memoir of Flailing. Uh. It's it's going to be about maybe like a day to go once this episode drops. So you know, please act on it as soon as you can. If you listen to the episode as soon as we release it um it is by a guy named richard fairgray uh he's a legally blind queer comic artist making comics until it kills me that's what his uh his his kickstarter um that's intense profile says yes <laughs> um so yeah he's like 98.5 percent uh blind and mm. um and like he has no no eyesight in, in one eye and the other eye has like you know like a half a percent and he draws and he writes comics and that's pretty cool um and he um so this story is basically it's about him just trying not to become an octopus he says octopus <laughs> is a 144 graphic page graphic novel memoir about me richard fairgray the writer artist of blastosaurus black sand beach haunted hill shed four color heroes i guess they're all more like children books and this is definitely not a children's book mm-hmm. so he goes and and literally hundreds of other books i'm a blind comic artist with a chemical imbalance in my brain that allows me to process images at incredible speed remember too much and almost never sleep <laughs> So this this book is uh, seven connected stories that capture key turning points in my life across 18 months as I tried to kill myself, get divorced, break oh, wow. up, break up with my boyfriend, steal a boat, move to Hollywood, live with a surfing philanthropist, meet a nice man and have a lot, uh, a lot of wine and regrettable sex. <laughs> it's an adult story filled with complicated emotions and steamy sex clubs. So, yeah, <laughs> this, this sounds like a really good book. Um, actually, the reason I came across this was our last DIY corner, this was one of the recommended books at the bottom of that DIY corner. So I'm going to probably look at those rec- the recommended books for this one and come up with next week and try to keep the chain. Nice. Keep, keep going. So um, the artwork looks it's pretty cool. It, I, I, this is sample artwork, so I don't know if it's going to be the same kind of like pages, but he's this has been drawn on like kind of that yellow sample paper like that manila color paper Mm -hmm. that people use and and but it really works with the panels so i actually kind of hope that he keeps that coloring but if he does it it'll still be pretty cool so very cool definitely recommend it um when if you guys want to check it out and it's on our in our in our notes uh will be the uh the link to this um yeah definitely it looks pretty cool awesome all right well we due to a lot of busy schedules um we only have one spotlight today and it's mine and i'm also the person who uh chose the book so you're going to be hearing a lot of me today go 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 so but i'll make this one short um so my spotlight was uh rockstar and Softboy go to space um which is completely and utterly by cena grace according to the uh the book except for lettering by russ wooden <laughs> so um I talked about the original uh, Rockstar and Softboy a while ago once when that one came out. It's a story about two BFFs, uh, actually literally based on 
Cena Grace is Rockstar and his friend Josh Trujillo is Softboy. And they live together. They're they're the ultimate BFFs. They actually also have magical powers where they can turn into uh, magical girl type characters like Sailor Moon characters and <laughs> fight crime and stuff like that. So yeah, this is a fun, silly com- uh, comic. And this one, basically they hook up with two like um they they hook up with twins that are part of a family that does a lot of real estate and they end up having great relationship with them but all of a sudden josh trujillo's character um soft boy makes a, a dumb joke that was obviously a joke but the guy's sensitive and so he breaks up with them are both both twins break up with Rockstar and Softboy, and not only that, but they decide to blackball them uh, effectively, and like mm-hmm. so they are not able to go to any clubs. Um, Rockstar is not able to play at any venues anymore, so it just basically is ruining their life. So they find out that their their mother, the twins' mother, um, lives on on the moon. So <laughs> they go up to the moon to get the mom to make the the kids be. Uh, nice but to them. nicer to them funny. and so yeah it's a fun little story um the the original story had um a kind of a cat slash um you know a cat like cha- um, shapeshifter that turned into a to a young woman named meow meow and she she's in this as well and she basically mm-hmm. spends the entire time just like knocked out and like, like just like mellowed out. Like oh, they're having this crazy adventure. She just sits and sits on like a beanbag, like a cat. Yeah, like a cat. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. And really does not care. <laughs> and there's also a, a special uh, story at the end that's the origins of Meow Meow, but it's mm-hmm. told by Meow Meow. So who knows if that's true or not? So Cute. we'll see. But uh, but yeah, um, I this is a series that um, I enjoyed the first time around. This time around as well. And you know, when the next graphic novel comes out for this i'm definitely gonna pick that up as well so awesome big recommend um yeah and it's nice to see cena grace drawing because there before the first one came out he hadn't like drawn an actual comic in years so it's cool Hmm. just to see his you know his artwork as well very cool so very cool all right so that will lead us to our main course which is also me (laughs) (laughs) but um, so actually our main course is the uh, Chuckling What's It? Uh by Richard Sala from Fantagraphics. Um this book originally came out uh, at the end of the 20th century, but um they have recently uh they've recently done a reprint, like new hardcover edition of it. And that's how I Ooh. found out about it. I had never heard of this book before. Until I was looking through stuff and I saw the name Chuckling What's It? And I'm like, that what? And then the artwork on the cover looked pretty cool. So I'm like, what is this? And so I, I picked it up. Uh, it turned out that actually the the edition prior to the one that was coming out was on Comixology Unlimited and still is. Um, and so, so that's a good way to check it out. So did that and I really enjoyed it. And so I was like, I'm going to bring this in as a my first choice of the next season. And here we are. Very cool. So the... um. Chuckling What's It is a story about our main character is a reporter for a newspaper named Broom. And, well, he's not really the most liked, likable person in the world. And he is, uh, he's asked to take over the, um, the astrology section of the newspaper from the newspaper that he just got fired from because, like, basically he was not you know they didn't like him and he was complaining about stuff so so um they rehired him to become the astrologist well it turns out the reason why the former astrologist is no longer there is because he got murdered and broom does not know this and he takes the job and he's trying to figure out like what he's gonna write he's he so he goes into the uh the person's apartment and um the the one who had recently died and then he finds out there that basically all these other astrologers are being murdered and so that's what i was gonna say it's not just that he got murdered it's an astrology serial killer i also do love that this is a uh a san francisco where it's like there's multiple and dueling like uh astrologists uh for the uh, different i guess newspapers like it's a world that like existed at at most recently, like 
35, 40 years ago where it's just like, oh, like there's food critics from the rival paper. And, you know, yeah. it's not just like now you can't even have like you barely have one paper in your town. Exactly. <laughs> and they, yeah, literally, just like Richard said, like there's like six or seven astrologists in this in this <laughs> one city. And so, yeah. And they all get their information from one person who's like the like, like the one who actually has like she's power. like the astrologist uh, consigliere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly um so so yeah it's it, it it as you can tell there's there's some you know fun humor within the story about murder and mayhem and so anyways so he, he basically gets embroiled in in finding out uh who is killing these astrologers he uh he meets this this person actually in the apartment of um of venus the person that he took over for uh who's the guy who looks like an onion by the way um and he uh and her name was abigail and she was there snooping around looking for something and so um she ends up getting uh taken by the ghoul uh the ghoul street ghoul by the way this and this was a a serial killer who was around years ago disappeared and now he's back and now he's killing astrologers for some weird, weird reason so so broom gets embroiled into this mystery um abigail disappears and uh, he gets hired by the person who supposedly had hired Abigail to find more information about um, an outsider artist named Emil. Uh, what's his last name? Um, Emil Jarnik. Yes. Is it Jarnik? Or, you know, it's funny when I was reading it, I read it half the time as Jarnik and half the time as Jarnik. I couldn't decide what his name was. And, I mean, uh, I assumed that it was Jarnik. Like- yeah. Like your J's getting a little Y in it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, so, so yeah, he gets hired by a professor Peak um, to learn more about this artist uh, who created these things um, that these little dolls that looked like they were made out of leather called What's It's. And there was one special one that everyone's been looking for that was supposedly the original one, but it has a noose around its neck. And when you move it, there's a mechanism inside it that makes it laugh which is the chuckling what's it and um there's also a a a figure of a of a bride as well that's mm-hmm. also missing from the original collection and so he basically hires broom to find these uh you know basically these artifacts as well as try to find more information about Jarnik or Yarnik <laughs> or Yarnik it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> so he uh and so he takes he takes the case. He ends up uh, finding the Gould Appreciation Society Head, uh, headquarters. Headquarters, yes. So they're, they're gash, and um, and so and and these people are kind of like surprised. That well, he, I was gonna say he doesn't really he doesn't happen upon them. He yeah. is sent in that direction by a very shady looking individual. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, Broom, broom seems like, hey, if you're like the sketchiest looking person, yes, yeah. I will listen to you and follow your instructions and do anything you want. The the but guy, just you have to look super sketchy. Yeah, the, the, the guy literally looks like the uh not the fan of the opera from like the musical, but the fan of the opera uh from the old like 1930s, like Boris Karloff movie. Like like mm. uh, yeah, so he's definitely creepy <laughs> creepy as hell. And so he um so yeah, he go, he goes there. He finds out some more information about what's going on. Um, but yeah, oh, I'll I'll go into uh, spoilers in just a few minutes here, so I'll wrap this up. But uh, but yeah, there's not only is there this story going on, you also find out that there is a another revenge plot going on that that's kind of entailed through everything. So the story itself, um, this is definitely a two reader in my opinion like um there's a lot of like scenes that don't seem they're like they're in order but they actually are Mm -hmm. and they don't there's a lot of things that are unexplained at first and then as you read along you find out that hey that one weird scene that happened oh i get it now why that happened you know and there's like mention of a character named ixnay through the entire book and you don't ever meet ixnay until three quarters of the way yeah, it was done, mm-hmm. and then you find out why everyone's saying Ixnay and why it's written on certain things and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a, uh, it's a very distinct sense where you like, no, let me go watch that again, and you're like, oh, 
He's not yeah. talking to anybody except for the kid at any scene. Exactly. Because uh, he was exactly. a ghost the whole time. And it's funny that, yeah, Sixth Sense is a definitely a good a good example. And I was also thinking like Fight Club where you're like, oh, yeah, like Tyler Durden and the narrator never spoke to anyone else besides themselves. Unless oh, unless one, one, one was gone in Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh. uh, so, so, yeah. Um, did, I, did I just spoil Fight Club for you, Richard? I mean, I don't care, but oh, I've never okay. seen it, so yes. Oh, but but I know that they're the same guy. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. you know, yeah. you're giving me additional details to something <laughs> I already know. Yeah, okay, good, 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 good. And that movie is very old, so anyone listening, if I... Yes, yes. Yes, I, yes, I, if, I, if I haven't seen it in 20 years, it's, yeah. it's fine. You can spoil it for Yes, me. exactly. As we just spoiled The Sixth Sense as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is this is the ultimate spoiler cast. You know, we're, we're going to spoil everything. Um, all right. So, um, so yeah, uh, basically, it's about serial killer, who also may be an outside artist, and these little weird dolls that everyone seems to be fascinated about. So, very good book. I I I, um, I guess we'll go to the spoilers, but before we do, I I personally, like I said, I enjoyed this book. It's um, it's kind of a it's like two hundred pages. It seems like it takes a little bit longer than a normal two hundred page book mm-hmm. because there's so much things going on. Um, the artwork oh, really, I felt like it was a quick read. Like I felt like oh. I I mean maybe I was just really enjoying it, but I felt yeah. like I burnt right through it. Yeah, I'm like I I never felt like it was a slog or anything like that, but I felt like I was like, wow, I'm only on page like a hundred. I should feel like I should be like done, like further along. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it it wasn't one of those like like oh my god, I've like read ten pages and I mm-hmm. just want to go to sleep because this is so, right. Yeah, for it's sure. It's definitely not like that. Um, uh, I think it's because there's so much like there's so much so many things going on in each panel like and like it's all black and white it's all like just inked and and like there's a lot of like light and darkness going on there's a lot of weird things in the background you know and i'll and then you also get like these weird characters that like don't seem to to belong in this story like there's literally like a a woman in a cat suit with a mask and like you're like okay like who is she? And they kind of explain it at the end who she is. Oh, they do explain what it is, but it's not as well, much of a big reveal as you would expect it to be because she's literally in like most of the story. Right. Yeah. I do. One thing I felt like, it, I, I feel like it's an intentional aesthetic choice is that like that woman, there's a lot of very similar looking dark haired women throughout the book. And I felt like it was like, a, yeah. you know, just to kind of kind of keep you on your toes and keep confusing because I was like, is that Celeste? Are yes. you Celeste? Mm-hmm. Are, are you the same person that like is the the fortune teller lady the same person that's skulking behind him in a mask? Yes. Is, yep, she, yes. is, is she the French girl? Is she the foreign apprentice? Like, mm-hmm. it, but yeah. like they all had a very similar look, and I can only assume that's in the, on purpose so that while yeah. you're going through the mystery, you're also trying to guess at this thing that actually isn't the mystery. They're just all different people that are drawn kind of the same. Exactly, because mm-hmm. like the only woman who's like really not drawn like that is like Abigail. And and you know Abigail and um and uh, was it Miss Honeymoon? Yeah, Miss Honeymoon. Which which so you find out we're in, we're in spoilers. So you find out that Gash is not the Ghoul Appreciation Society headquarters. They were actually a team of assassins, basically. Mm-hmm. Like a role. And this extra plot that I mentioned earlier was there was the guy who started it. His name was Ixay, and he faked his death because he wanted to get out of this this thing. Or no, he didn't get. I'm sorry, he didn't fake his death. No, he, no, he wanted it out, mm-hmm. and they tried to kill him, mm-hmm. and they were unsuccessful. So now he's plotting his revenge. So what he has done is that the original person who got killed, um, or Venus, uh, he wrote a, a story about Yarnik mm-hmm. that, and he was going to publish a book about him. And so there's a, a manuscript, and so this is, um, so you find out that. Um, Ixnay had told this these assassins that part of that manuscript is about them. Mm-hmm. And so he is uh so so they're after the manuscript. That's actually people who actually Abigail really worked for mm-hmm. was them and they were looking for this manuscript. Um and so and the only reason why Ixnay did this was to get draw these people out into the open so he could kill them. And so, so yeah, you have that entire plot going on. Meanwhile, you have a plot of who's who is the person killing these these um like soothsayers and uh-huh. like why you know and and then you find out it doesn't even have to do 
with yeah they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're unconnected for, for the mm-hmm. most part yeah the only reason why all these people happen to be <laughs> astrologists is because they were all meeting together when the uh when venus um told him about the book he was uh yeah they they were at like an informal cocktail party it was like they just all happened to be on the guest list so the yeah so the person who took over as the the ghoul didn't want it revealed that he was the ghoul so he decided that's who he was going to kill (laughs) he was with all the people that were at that at that that uh guest at that party so yeah and and there's a lot of little turnabouts it's very noir um mm-hmm. it's very it's it, it also um there's definitely like a, a fun little sense of humor through the whole thing you know like very wry so mm-hmm. and also um i don't talk about it often but you know i think sometimes font can like make or break a book and this has like some of the best lettering i've ever seen yeah 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 it was beautiful and i it mean added... it, it really matches the tone of the story exactly and like it... add something to it completely yes so so yeah well i just love how uh, everybody looks so sketchy Mm -hmm. (laughs) like 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 the the guy who's kind of the leader of ghoul he looks like the traditional like universal monsters wolf man yeah Uh the guy that leads him to ghoul that we were talking about he looks super sketchy the guy that leads him to the uh like the old uh windmill to yarnick's old place he's super sketchy he looks like a if you ever watch uh was it powerpuff girls the gang yes. green gang he looks like yes. <laughs> he totally does that's a good yeah that's a good pull that's awesome and then there's literally a guy that's like pieces in a sack oh <laughs> like, yeah Septimus, right right Septimus a crisp and then he has mandrel which looks like basically like a frankenstein that carries mm-hmm. him around <laughs> like yeah, yeah yeah and he had it looks like part of his brain was lopped off because he has like a metal plate on his head or something mm-hmm. yeah and yeah and- now was is mandrel or the guy in the stack because they were saying that the uh the uh chuckling what's it was not made by yardix it was like ancient yes and he takes the the chuckling what's it so is mandrel the guy whoever the original owner was I don't know if he was the original owner, or That's was the guy, or the guy in but, the sack. Because because at the end of the story, uh, Mandrill's taking it up the mountain, where they said that the original one was found. That's, uh. that's he's he's in he's in the the wilderness, and I think that's what he's doing is, um, he's he's taking it to the original owner, or taking it back. Um, mm. but yeah, yeah, so, um. And that's another thing too is that like yeah the, the story kind of revolves around this little toy but at the same time it the toy really doesn't or like the, the the what's it really has nothing to do with the actual story at the same time you know so yeah yeah it's it's interesting but yeah uh, also like uh Ixne who is kind of like <laughs> again like he's like a turn of the uh ni- eight, uh 19th century like math man and he's mm-hmm. very good at murder like when yeah. he gets uh, he oh gets yeah them, mm-hmm. well like he like shoots one through a keyhole and then you know shoots him in the face and then when they go to open the door that's actually a fake arm because he's actually already like coming through a window behind them like i was just like oh look at this yeah. guy just being really great at murder yep exactly <laughs> yeah that was, it was pretty cool and um uh, and then um the other masked person phoebe dupre the thing is too is that you kind of feel oh those two masked people are going to be working together but they were actually on opposite sides you know because like phoebe yeah. who was the, the woman in the cat suit with the mask was working with the the new ghoul ghoul to and basically helping him break into places to murder people mm-hmm. so but he also had his own eye patch phoebe who i was like are yes. they the same person and that was i was gonna say that too uh, like when, a- I, when i when the first time i saw her on the train next to Broom, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's her. That's that she's of yeah, but course. no. And then also she's I just love in disguise. <laughs> so is that is so the accent <laughs> is written all a all a Chris Claremont uh accent. Yeah, that was the, insufferable. Yeah, the accent was is written in there. Is that was that like a Russian accent? Like a no, she's French. Oh no, Phoebe's French. No, 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 that's Phoebe's French. But the, oh. the girl with the eye patch. The one um, with the eye patch. Yeah. Uh, that's with X uh with X Day. She's yeah. I'm not sure. It's some, um, it some kind of Eastern some, European. Something, yeah, vaguely Eastern European. Yeah, uh, which, yeah, I think that's a lot of fun. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, she's like, you know, kind of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, that's the voice I, I was hearing when she was talking. She, like, she had like a baritone, like Russian voice. Like know? um the character from the Venture Brothers? Yes, like Molotov cocktails. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or, 
or classic Natasha Romanoff. Yes. Pre, yes, uh, yes, yes. pre uh, what's her face? Scarlett. Um, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Because uh, she can't do a Russian accent, so they, they made her not have a Russian accent oh. anymore. <laughs> Which, there you go. It does make sense for the character because she's a spy, so obviously she can probably turn on and off the accent, but yeah. Right. Whenever I read read um, Black Widow in comics, she always had a Russian accent in my head. So, that's, um, that's just no, that, and like, yeah, if there's her in a cartoon or something before MCU, yeah, she always had a Russian accent. Yeah, definitely. I will say that I really enjoyed this book, but I was very confused. Yeah. Um, I still kind of am. That's why I'm sort of quiet when you guys are talking about it because I don't really still understand uh, who the like the women are. Mm-hmm. All I know is that I text message Brian. I'm like, okay, so who's the babe in the cat suit? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I I was just so confused. Yeah, but um, she it's was a, the assistant of Doctor Vigardis, yeah. who turns out to be the actual goal. But it's um, it's a really enjoyable book. Yeah. The art's beautiful. Everything about it's wonderful. Yeah, I yeah. If you have the time, I I would say read it again because like I I read it two weeks later and like for this episode and everything kind of because I had a. a a basic grasp of what happened but yeah i didn't really fully feel like i knew what went on until i read it again what um okay okay so we're in spoilers correct? yes of course mm-hmm. okay remember the photograph dude that broom talks to yes the doctor vergaris mm-hmm. okay and he talks he's about another the- sketchy looking person, but yes. I think yeah. he's just a photograph dude, right? Yes. He and he works- talks about the photo shoot yeah. that with um Vergaris and Celeste. Uh-huh. So how did Vergaris get Celeste to do that if he was essentially obsessed with her and they were never really married? That wasn't Vergaris, that was Emil. Oh that was Yarnet. Yeah, that was Oh, why do you think it was the uh, uh, because it's it's implied that that's who it is. Oh, but yeah, th- but no, it was actually Emil. Um, because Emil was obsessed with the dolls. Yes, gotcha. And, then, and they used, and he was the one who supposedly stole it from the person on the mountain, and then started creating the new ones by killing people and taking parts of their body and making them into leather. And that's so each of those what's its are actually human. human. Yeah. Um. You know, and it okay. Thank you, but um, and. For it being such a gruesome tale, because mm-hmm. it's really gross. Yeah, the murders are pretty um gross too. Like the uh, when Miss Honeymoon kills that person with her pen knife <laughs> in their forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like in like undigestible though. Like yeah. I, I right, right, like like yeah. it's gruesome, but it's not. It's also not at the same time. Yes, yeah, yes, 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 absolutely. Like, maybe like gruesome. Because you get classic. all the detail of how, like, you get, you see people's head, like, one yeah. person gets their head chopped off and that head yeah. gets thrown in someone's grocery bag. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's also done in a way that, like, I'm not this grossed yeah. out by this really gross yeah. thing that happened. Absolutely. It, it's almost like kind of like, like Looney Tunes, like, where there's like gross, grotesque violence going on, but, like, it's like, it's presented in a way where it doesn't feel, like, disgusting. Well, no, because right. I, I would even venture to say that the Looney Tunes violence, because it's a cartoon, it's yeah. just so already out of the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. I think, that it, it doesn't even cross your mind as a kid that that is extremely violent. Yeah. But like mm. this, I was fully aware mm-hmm. of how violent it was. But I guess the lack of color, I don't know yeah, maybe. the way it was drawn. There's something about it. I was very like, oh, okay. That's fine. Because like one of the last pages of the book, when um, when the goal the Gold Street ghoul um kills the the police officer, and like mm-hmm. like you look at like the the panels and they're like literally like like drops and driplets of blood. Yeah. Like <laughs> like flying everywhere as he's stabbing this person in front of Broom. Oh, when when um whoever shot the little bag full of person. Yeah. I was so sad. Oh no. I was so sad the bag died. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was just like, oh no. Because yeah. it was so <laughs> weird. That, like, yeah. It was so incongruous. And like any normal story, that would have been like the super villain, you know? Because yeah. like, he has like the, the weird assistant and he's literally like, I'm assuming parts in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> so that he, that's the only thing he could be, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, or maybe like a brain or something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's Mandrill's um, brain. One of the things that I felt was wild is just that 
there's always all these people skulking in the background. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the end of the book to find that, like, I like I feel like this is just masterfully done because it's usually like in this type of thing, they all want the same thing for the same reasons. But like what Ixnay and uh, me are doing is kind of completely incongruous with what the uh, ghoul is doing mm-hmm. compared to Mandrill and the guy in the sack compared to the, the actual ghoul appreciation society or whatever. Yeah. Like they're all skulking behind Broom. But they all are like they're all after him for very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It but was, they, you know, they all center around the ghoul in some which, capacity. That just like heightens like the mystery because like mm-hmm. in, in our brains, I mean, at least with me, like when I'm reading something, I'm like, oh, especially if I know it's a mystery like this, I'm like, okay, well, how do they all these tie together? Mm-hmm. How are they all working together? Well, they're all tied together, but very loosely, you know. And like so, there's like multiple mysteries going on at the same time. Which, um. The one character that that was sketch, but he kind of wasn't, was that doctor who was paying for information yeah. information about the artist, mm-hmm. and then he died. And then he gets murdered. Yeah, yeah. By that's the one who got the the penknife in the head. Yes, yes, by, yes, yes. By uh, Miss Honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. He just seemed to be generally like yeah. obsessed with the art. Yeah, <laughs> and had no like all had like had no alternative angle. Exactly. And I, I love I love the trope though of like of Miss Honeymoon, where it's like the, the quiet, like, you know, like secretary who you think is just like mm-hmm. you know, just and she un- can just murder everybody. Person, and yeah. she's basically like a homicidal maniac, exactly. You know, like and like she has like no emotion like while she does it too. Uh-huh. Like everything yeah. she does. Um the uh what did you uh one of the things I liked about it too was the whole with broom with the sunglasses because at first mm-hmm. at first I, I thought that was just the way he was being drawn and then it turns out that that actually has a kind of a a, a small part of the story like a plot point yeah. to it yeah where the, the, his glasses end up at a place where someone talks about gash and he learns more about them and and that actually was part of the plot of ixnay because mm-hmm. according to ixnay broom was a bad investigative journalist because he couldn't put two and two together but the thing is is that his little plot had nothing to do with the plot that broom was trying to figure out so like there was no way that broom would have like come come across like gash for any reason yeah that's true. Yeah. right yeah so so it's like so yeah Though they may he's... have murdered him before he had a chance yeah exactly but so, yeah he would have interacted with them like someone would have just found out what he knew and then like split his throat in the night or something like that uh-huh. exactly so like when Ixnay like chides him and says like oh you're bad at your job it's like dude that wasn't his job but he is bad at his yeah, job yeah he is too yeah yeah uh, yeah well that's he, probably why he can't keep a job <laughs> yeah, exactly that's that's a good point um so like i don't know like there's nothing overtly shitty about broom but he just seems kind of shitty like yeah, he doesn't yeah. do anything yeah. terrible in the book we don't see it, but he just kind of just doesn't seem great i don't know like yeah. i don't know maybe like his only motivation is money like and like as all these people are getting murdered around him he's like I should call the police, but this is going to be a heck of a payday. But like, it's just kind of like greed that makes him seem so crappy. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, um, one of the things also that I kind of uh, came across when I was reading this for the second time is I think one of the reasons why I like this is there's kind of an Alfred Hitchcock vibe to this because I think one because it takes place in San Francisco. And he used that as a setting quite often. But like the fact that you go from the big city and then you go into a small, weird, creepy town, like he used that like in, in Vertigo. He used that like in The Birds and like, you know, North mm. by Northwest. Like that's like totally a, a Alfred Hitchcock trope. I think if that's a Hitchcockian trope, I think it's a very subtle one. Yeah. Um, And... I, I would say that I'm sure many great artists from that part of uh, California are kind of drawn because it's uh, the Bay is an interesting place. You kind of go from like major metropolitan international feeling city to like farmland yes. in like the span of like 20 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes. So I, I do think it's um it's just an interesting area because uh, the I, town- oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, Brian. You're talking. Oh, oh, just really quick. <laughs> um, just, just real quick. Uh, like, yeah, exactly what you were saying. Like, the town that he ends up in feels like it's hundred thousand miles away because it's this little tiny town with like a yeah. one, 
and yet like but it is like written in it like that it's just outside of san francisco where, where he ends up yeah yeah it's on the no no and i was just gonna say um i feel like you know because of all our technology now the internet phones everything like it's harder to have these like sketchy small towns anymore because everybody kind of just knows about everything and everywhere. Uh huh. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the news. Like there is that like in South Carolina where this guy's on trial because apparently like he was so rich that like his family owned the town. The, they owned the police and he was like murdering housekeepers oh, and his family or what? The yeah, Alex Murdoch case. Like, oh. oh yeah. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you could still do that. Cause like I feel like, you know, when you hear about stuff like serial killers in the 60s and the 70s, it's like, and they just moved towns and they yeah. were able to murder. And you like you hear about like rich oligarchs like in these small towns where like, yeah, they just own the town so they could do that. I was like, I, I thought you couldn't do that anymore. But like that Alex Murdoch guy, I'm like, oh, that's still a thing. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> is. And I haven't heard about that till just now. Oh that's man, I've been up on the Alex Murdoch case. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's like this like small town in South Carolina, Brian, where like mm-hmm. this rich affluent family, you know, kind of like helped develop the town and kind of own the town. So like he's like the second or third generation, but like he he seems like a failed son, but you know, whatever, still runs mm-hmm. stuff. And he has like a penchant for like either murdering people or people just kind of end up dead all around him. <laughs> and there's been no consequences until now. Oh, wow. Um, Oh, he's on trial. We don't know yeah. if there's going to be consequences, but at the very least, he's on trial at the moment. And he's also a very powerful, like South Carolina. Like he's a lawyer. Lawyer, and so a lot of. But he's like a lawyer that doesn't practice because he's like a yes. lawyer that has a law degree just so he can lobby and stuff. Yes, so, yeah, yes, it's just yes. like, yeah, it's all super sketch. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. Oh wow. That yeah, I have to look that up and hear more about that because that sounds that sounds like something. Like from a book. Like that's the same way that like, you know, like this dude could be a serial killer with a uh with a skin skin mask or skin suit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just the local doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and no one asks any questions. Exactly. Which uh, uh one thing that's crazy is how he kills Celeste by accident and her head just kind of pops off. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like back, but like you know, she's coming up behind. She, he kind of just back arms her, and like yeah. her head just pops off. <laughs> like that's very Looney Tootie, but it's also yeah. pretty grotesque. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even like the part in the beginning where we were talking about earlier when uh, he chops off the head and puts it and throws it down into someone's groceries. That it kind yeah, of had, it was kind of the same feel as yeah. that as well. So yeah. Do you There's think a- he was always insane, or did the uh, like not be a like you know? the unrequited love of Celeste and her like running off with this other mental patient. Do you think that's what drove him nuts? I think that's probably what I, I, I felt like that's what drove him nuts. And then when he found out when he saw what, what, uh, yeah, her face and everything, that's when he, yeah. Because that bride, that bride doll, I think that's what it's alluding towards is that that bride doll was made out of her skin. Oh no, I don't think it alludes. It's explicit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh shit. I didn't know that. So, oh, you didn't uh, notice it? Yeah, the, the the bride doll is made with her skin. Oh, and that's why yeah. she's like, oh, and she's she says it, and she's like, that's why it'll always be so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, like oh, right as she was yeah. aging, there he was like, hey, let me peel yeah. your skin, and we'll make a doll out of it. So like, it'll your beauty will be preserved. Yeah. That is terrifying. Just saying it that, is, like, that is not a compliment. Yeah, and it's funny because like everything is like it's like but but she was with it she was like down she was just like yeah all right baby let's do it cut me up it makes sense because like she has no like when when we meet celeste finally she has no like bad anything about uh uh yardneck emil yard you know the first yeah like no she still loves him like we're we're all good like he wanted to cut my skin off i was like yeah of course he let me me have the the doll with the noose around it which reminded me of my stillborn baby i mean yeah. Um. <laughs> so, so, for those listeners out there, if you are single, you too can find somebody that will love you just as you are. Yeah. There, in this world. I mean, there was a there's a a punk band from the '90s called Mr. T Experience. So obviously they have like a tongue in cheek <laughs> vibe to them. Um, and they uh, they have a song called Even Hitler Had a Girlfriend. Oh fuck! <laughs> like, why can I have one? Because, like, even Hitler had one. It's so, true, yeah. but also bad. Yeah, it's very bad <laughs> at the same time. So, yeah, that's what that kind of reminded me of just now. <laughs> but, right. 
All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I think like the only people like I truly felt bad for was all the other astrologists because I was like, no, they yeah. were just privy to a conversation. Yeah, yeah. About the conversation. That's the best part. I bet you half of them didn't even remember like right. that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, I felt bad. Yeah, I felt bad about them, and I felt bad about the uh, the professor, the the one that wanted to learn more about the inside art. And I and I also I felt bad about. Uh, oh, I could have uh, I couldn't feel bad for him because he looked too sketchy. I was just yeah, like, was I sad. know that the, in the within the narrative he hasn't done anything bad and he has nothing going on. But just look at him; you know he has he's done there's some bad stuff and he has stuff going on. Yeah, there's something else going on there. Um, and with um, and also also uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy in the bag. Uh, yeah, Set- the Setimus guy in the bag. A, of which I love the name, Septimus A. Crisp. I. I know is also, but you don't become a, like a guy in the bag because like you were like, you know, a yeah. philanthropist and were, you know, feeding, you know, homeless children. Like exactly. there's a reason why you're a guy in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably sketchy and weird. That's a very good point. Absolutely. Richard has very high standards yes. for who he has yeah. empathy like, for. A normal Dude. No, a it's just because everybody in the book looked too sketchy. I told yeah. you, like before we started recording, I was just like, everyone there just like, I was just like, I don't trust any of these people. Yeah. <laughs> Which adds adds to the the mystery, you know, because if if uh, if everyone if all the good people look good and all the bad people are bad, then then it'd be kind of easy to figure out, you know, who's who. Because I honestly I thought know. I honestly thought Phoebe until they showed her opening the window for uh, for the the ghoul. Um, I thought she was a good guy. Same, of, uh, same. Yeah. The whole the whole time I thought like she she was gonna be like the guardian and angel or something that helped like <laughs> save him or something. Yeah, exactly. And no, not quite. I think I think it's because we read superhero comics, so like a girl in a cat suit and the mask. Oh, that must be a good guy. Wait, but <laughs> Catwoman was bad. Uh, well, she's like an anti-hero now. Okay, I grew up with sixties Batman. Yeah. She was bad. <laughs> she's not wrong. I mean, I yeah, knew I, I knew that cat Phoebe girl was bad. Oh, that's funny. I was just like, yeah. Oh, she's in a cat suit. She's like bad catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> which You know which, what? You, you Carrie, maybe you're finding out that me and a bride are just suckers, and we have a very specific thing that we're just like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a soft place. Lady in a cat suit's only gonna do the good <laughs> things to me. She <laughs> <rough> <laughs> so I learned. I, she from I learned that uh, we 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 learned about ourselves today, Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> point taken. All right. <laughs> there's like there's a woman in the cats in here only good things can happen to me <laughs> she might rub me blind but it's okay <laughs> you know like yeah okay that's funny well besides that do you guys have any other final thoughts before we oh the only my only final oh. thought is I was like I saw plenty of people murder and get murdered in this book but one person that I felt was truly evil who did no murdering was the uh the editor of the newspaper like oh, how yeah. just hire, like how are you just gonna hire him as someone new when you're like hey there's a serial killer murdering astrology like just don't have yeah. astrology in the paper until this person's caught and he's just like nah fuck that yeah fuck exactly like like well that was technically like an attempted murder essentially like he uh, such I mean pretty yeah. much you're not wrong. But yeah, he had no love for Broom, and like that's why he set him up. Like, but, like, oh, but, that's interesting. but it, not only that, I feel like he he also just wanted to fill the slot. So Broom would have said no, he would have just moved on to someone else. Like, yeah, he just was like a callous capitalist. He's like, hey man, but uh, we can't stop the presses on this, so just find somebody. He'd have to think twice if he to give it to someone that he actually liked as well you know like he was, who knows yeah he people seem very dispensable <laughs> yep. you're trying to make him not into a sociopath right and i'm like no i think he's just a sociopath he was just like yo no matter what yes. astrology has to be in the paper and if if he dies I, we, he dies we cannot we cannot put out a paper without knowing what virgo is gonna do in, you know. and the thing is, is that there was probably a time in the newspaper industry where they were so big that like yeah actually he's right that yeah. paper can't go out without the astrology section that's funny that's funny well you can't oh, look at you two being married yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <the same thing. laughs> you two are adorable oh Oh, thank you. Thanks. Um, no, I just really enjoyed it. Um, definitely, we'll give it another read because I'd like to figure out more of the um, of the mystery. Yeah. Um, but as a as a fan of mysteries, this was pretty good, and yes. the art the artwork is incredible. Just everything about it was yeah. so good. I I definitely want to check out um his other books, um the peculiar 
and like the maniac killer strikes again <laughs> you know it feels like a lot of his books have like the same kind of vibe to it and he did he did pass away in 2020 at oh. age 61 he had a heart attack oh which is which is sad um but and because this the the version that is in uh on Comicsology Unlimited was printed before he passed away. So that's why it says he lives in Berkeley, California. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like, what else is he doing? And then I looked it up on Wikipedia and he's like, Richard Sala died in 2020. I'm like, oh, what's that? Hmm. But well, RIP. I enjoyed it. RIP. Did yeah. good work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And and the thing was too is that like this is you know, it's a fantagraphics book, and like you, you know, those kind of those that publisher kind of has a certain vibe to it and a certain like prestigiousness to it. And mm-hmm. so like, I was really surprised that like, that we don't talk about Richard Sala along with like the Daniel Klauses of the world, you know, like those type mm-hmm. of those type of writer and artists, you know? So. I, I, I will say this. Yes. Um, while I found, I found this book incredibly enjoyable. I think it's a very niche book. Okay. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I don't, think it's going to be on many people's radar because of how niche it is how intricate it is and that's not to say about anybody's like level of intelligence Mm -hmm. i just think sometimes especially for modern readers um and these newfangled generations i think we want things fast yeah and so because this book kind of does require a second read to fully grasp all the little loose ends. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if people would want to commit the time to it necessarily. Although I do think comic book fans are a different breed um and may want to. I mean, I definitely it's a it's a big recommend personally from me. I I can see though that's maybe not why people have heard I I'm putting you it. on the the spot right now so if you don't have a good answer that's totally understandable because i just thought of this question too what? who what what kind of person like what would you recommend this to like what like what if they're oh, the, if they're into certain things this? yeah i'd recommend this to somebody like me mm-hmm. who's who has a hard time getting into comics but likes book books okay this is mm, this yeah. is this is a book for a fucking reader i think like a true crime person as well yeah uh, I was say anyone that's yeah. into true crime would probably like this i think true crime i think if you're a fan of mystery i think if you're a literature fan and you're trying to get into comic books yeah uh definitely that because it requires it requires the um like the processing of words mm-hmm the it like the way that you read a a regular book i think is slower than you read a comic book because you have to process the dialogue um mm-hmm. and the pictures are so intricate and it's all over the place your mind has to be slower to process this i mean i mean yeah. to be fair i have you're a slow ass reader i am i have seen you read a marvel book you fucking skim that shit yeah. You read them real fast. That's true. So I think that's just I this is only to um for Mr. Sala's like to his credit. I think he's this particular book is written so well that your regular comic book reader would not may not even like it just because it's not so easily read like readable and that's a good thing. It makes you think. It makes you kind of like use those muscles in your brain mm-hmm. as opposed to just reading the next fucking Daredevil book. Yeah. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can get through it in about, you know, 10, 15 minutes. This book you actually have to like dedicate time to. And I, I, I right. really enjoyed it. But yeah, I, anybody who's new to comics or has a hard time reading big two or su- especially superhero books, because I'm right there with you, I think this is an excellent recommendation for them. Okay. It reminds me of uh, And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. Yeah. Because it's so fucking convoluted that you have to, like, do the rereads. You were telling me about that uh, the uh, this weekend. Yeah, so how... um, I don't know if you're familiar with Agatha Christie, Richard, but, like, you know, she's one of, like she's the, the most sellingest author besides Shakespeare and the Bible. 
and um, obviously like mystery. And uh, one of her most famous books was written in the late <laughs> and it's called And Then There Were None. And it's um, about uh, numerous deaths. And she actually thought that book was going to tank because it was such a convoluted story and so intricate. She had to write an epilogue that's about five to six pages explaining how the deaths happened. And she was just oh, like, wow. she's like, if I have to do this, my publisher's going to fucking hate it. Like my editor's going to hate it. No one's going to buy this book. It's probably her most popular book. And I have, I own several copies of it because I, I'm a collector of it. I reread it all the time. I love it. And every time I read it, it's just such a fun read. It's such a, it's such a great ride. So I definitely put um, this type of storytelling in that realm because it's, it'll be fun to reread. Yeah. You know, because you'll find something mm. new, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Something, yeah. It is fun to play detective. I mean, that's why people like true crime. Yeah, that's very true. Crime. Okay. Almost definitely. Dumb joke. <laughs> All right. Well, um, if, if you guys have anything else, or should we just go ahead and wrap this all up? Wrap that up, B. Wrap it up. All right. Bitch. B is for bitch. <laughs> That's not it's bitch funny. Sauce. Bitch sauce. That's what BS stands for. I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> you can edit that out if you want to. Please. Please do. Um, all right. Well, you have uh, you, not 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 me or for us, but you have reached the end of the show. <laughs> we have reached the end of the show. Thank you to everyone listening. Um, you know who you are. And uh, <laughs> you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Good Pods at CDB Pod uh, Book Clubbers. On Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject on Instagram so you can follow along. And we do know what it is going to be, but we're not going to tell you until Friday. Oh, it's going to be good. It's a yeah, carry choice. It is a carry choice. Um, if you want to uh, join in on the conversation, you can email us at comicsisarebetter at gmail.com. Uh, website is comicsisarebetter.wordpress.com, which I haven't been advertising because it's totally out of date, and I accidentally just said it right now. Well, uh, I'm yeah. not editing this out, okay. so you're going so for it. it out. Um, oh, and um, Matt, our, our friend, that, that listens to our show and, and emails us. He emailed us and he was talking about books. And he actually had a book book uh, recommendation for you, Carrie. Oh yay! Thanks, Matt. So he wants. Uh, I'll show it to you after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Report here. So hi, Matt. Oh, and, and really, really quick, I'm gonna fuck up your vibe, but um, uh, everybody that's been reaching out to uh, give me their condolences, I really appreciate it. And again, you guys know who you are, but thank you very much. I, I'm yeah. I'm getting them, and I appreciate it. And. Uh, uh, very much needed at this time. So thank you. Well, thank you. And well, Richard, you have to follow up from that. And uh, where can we find you? Sorry. Um, I'm just TopCat360 on social media. Um, just doing stuff. Hey, you know what? Actually, I, I don't mention this often enough. Yeah. Professional wrestling's been excellent. Like WWE's Ooh. been really, really good lately. They're They've been doing a uh, story with uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Roman Reigns, this like big bloodline story that's been going on for two years, Ooh. and like it, like is the best wrestling storytelling that's happened in at least a couple decades. It's really, really, really good, really, really nice. compelling. And like, I think Roman Reigns has been champion for over nine hundred days, and I think a lot of stuff's gonna come to the head at WrestleMania in April. But like, I was just like, like I, I was watching wrestling this week, or I was at a retirement party. But the match was so important that, like, I was in a corner watching wrestling on my phone for, like, 20 minutes to see, like, that, you know, main event. And I was mm-hmm. just like, damn, wrestling's been awesome lately. That is really cool. And that's not always the case. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things that you watch it. If you're dedicated, you watch it regardless. But, you know, it's a lot of crap. But then, like, when the highs are high, they're really high. Yeah. And the, does that all kind of have to do with, like, McMahon, like, uh, you know, kind of stepping away from everything? Is that one? No, no, this, I mean, oh. yes and no, like, this had started before that. Like okay. Roman Reigns is uh Vince McMahon's handpicked guy. Like he's you know, he's um you know he's I don't even think he's related to the rock, but mm-hmm. he's kind of uh 
he's a you know Samoan descent, and he's like of yeah. those same people. Like if they're not related, you know, they're like family friends. He, where you know we call each other cousin because I've known you since I was yeah. a baby, basically. He literally and, played you know, his cousin in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, in Hobbs yeah. and Shaw, exactly. But yeah. like he has a great look. He's a big, tall, strong guy, and they wanted to book him as a good guy. They tried to do it for years. It wouldn't take. Everyone hated it. He had to go. He had to go away twice. Once because he was using a like a performance enhancing, you know, like steroids or something. So they sent him away. And then another time, he had like legitimate leukemia. Um, like right before the pandemic, he had leukemia for the for a second time actually. Oh, so he nice. went back, did chemo. Then even when he was healthy, because of the at the beginning of the pandemic, he didn't come back for quite some time until he felt like it was a hundred percent safe. Because you know, if you have a pre existing condition, COVID could like destroy you. But when they brought him back, they brought him back as a heel. So he's kind of, it's kind of like he plays a character now of like a Samoan mob boss where he's (laughs) just like, he's just kind of like, no, like I have to protect my bloodline. Like the history of me and my people, like we've always been champions in this industry. And like, this is me and my family. So it's him. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the rest of Rikishi from like the 90s. His two sons are the tag team champions. They're twin t- twin brothers, and they're I mean they've been in WWE for years, but they're champions, and they're like all under his umbrella. Okay. Um, so, so, but it's just like he. It's a very subdued character. He seems just like 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 a mafia don. Like he doesn't. He's very quiet and monotone until he has to get angry and like crack a skull open, Oof. and then he goes back to be quiet and monotone. But like it's. One of those things that they've been doing it for two years, nothing in wrestling is able to work for that long. And it's just like us fans, us marks, whatever you want to call us, have been eating it all up. So nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's... If, you, if I'm on social media, I'm probably, you know, gushing about that lately. That, uh, that I've said, you know, I've said it a little earlier um, this month, actually, um, that that's like the one fandom that I don't get why I never got into. Like, like I'm very interested in it. I love hearing the stories. I love hearing like the plot lines. I just I've never like sat down and actually watched wrestling. But it, no, the next time and if if it ever comes to town, like there'll be stuff. Well, I mean, I think WrestleMania is going to be near you. It's in Hollywood oh, this year, so oh, nice. that stuff's going to be prohibitively expensive. But like the next time that they come down to do like Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or just like a house show, mm-hmm. you should go because. It's one of those things that, like, um, it's a lot cheaper <laughs> than you yeah. would think. Like, you can go see Monday Night Raw with, with like, a decent seat for, like, 30, 40 bucks Ooh. anytime it comes to town. It's, you know, outside of if it's, like, you know, there's going to be a Raw after WrestleMania that's going to be near you. And, like, there'll be cheaper tickets, but there'll be bad seats. And, then, you know, it's going to be prohibitively expensive. But just yeah. generally, like, if, if Monday Night Raw shows up in your town <laughs> in, like, the middle of June... Mm-hmm. yeah you should go it's not going to cost you much money it's going to be very fun um hopefully if you get to sit like in proximity of children because like to watch it through their eyes it makes yeah. it that much more amazing like every now and again like i'll go to a wrestling event and like you know there's a family next to me and you just like glance over at the kid and like i'm like oh god i wish i could get that excited again that's awesome <laughs> that makes me really excited i i, I definitely want that, that makes me like also want to go to monster jam yeah because I, i've I, always wanted to do it yeah too. Yeah, because oh, all the little kids watching Monster Jam, I'm like, oh, that looks like so much fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I, but you know, what's really funny too is that even though I've never watched like actually live wrestling or even like wrestling on TV, I've watched like a lot of like clips of of stuff like the Montreal Screwdrop mm-hmm. job. I watched a documentary right, right. on that. That was great. And um, but I think my favorite wrestler as of right now, as a as a tertiary fan if if you call me that is uh mankind so oh yeah mankind fantastic is yeah. yeah big foley is a great wrestler he seems to be like a fantastic human love 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 <laughs> yeah. Big foley. yeah uh, and that's the totally the vibe i get and like i like i mean all the different characters he has his his aesthetic is always kind of like similar and it's a it's a lot of fun you know even with the also, weird a giant human being like oh you is know, he, he kind of plays a, a character who's like you know those characters that he plays always seem kind of schlubby a little yeah. bit. And then I remember one time I was at like a, a comic con and he was, he had a booth there and he is, he has to be legitimately six, 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 seven, if not taller. Oh my God. Oh wow. I yeah. And like I'm not a small that. dude. And I, yeah. And I never thought that until like I was walking past his booth and he happened to be standing up and I was like, Oh my God. I never, it, I never considered like he, they don't play him up to being giant. Like the characters that he no. played, 
Like, that's not the thing. Like, you know, some characters, it's just like, what's their thing? Well, they're big. And it, his character was always like, he's kind of a maniac and a derelict. <laughs> but awesome. yeah, he's Funny. a very big dude. Ah, I would have never thought that at all. Me neither until, I, until that cool. one time. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I, if you would have asked me before you told me that story, how tall is Mick Foley? I would have probably said like 5'7", five, 5'6". Five, you know? Right, like yeah. he, I don't know, like I maybe not that short, but just he, he's <laughs> six foot maybe, but like yeah. he doesn't. The way that you see him portrayed, he doesn't have the characterization of someone that's like super tall. And I was just like, holy shit, that guy's super tall, yeah, and awesome. like you know, he's a big dude, like muscular wise or whatever. Very cool. Well, that is awesome. And well, that's how we were closing the show. <laughs> I was gonna say yes. Yeah, so thank you for joining us here. At Wrestling deserves better. Yes. <laughs> do that. No, actually. go ahead, Brian. Wrap it up for um, us. All right. Well, I'm Brian underscore um, CB on Instagram. And so for Richard and Carrie, I am Brian. And this has been the uh, Comics Deserve Better podcast. And remember, comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics. Bye. Bye. Night-night. Good oh, night. Night-night. And stop.